Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power Podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my beautiful guest for today is Liana Chauli. Liana is the president and founder of Image Therapists International, a globally recognized thought leader, style sage educator, public speaker, and formally trained couture designer. Liana developed the process of image therapy, which provides transformation through the empowerment of language, action, and wardrobe to shift debilitating self-beliefs and renew confidence. She has spent four decades consulting CEOs, celebrities, and political figures on matters of self-image, and she believes everyone should feel like the most beautiful version of themselves. Her goal is to make the world a more harmonious and inclusive place, one person at a time. That's beautiful. Welcome, Liana. <laughs> Thank you. Thank mm. you, Amy. I'm, I'm, you know, it's interesting when you're, when you're sharing this, I go, yeah, that is... <laughs> That is who I am. You know, I I I want to um up level the world and all the people in it, one garment and one person at a time. Mm, that is such a beautiful mission. Yeah, and you know, it's it's I don't even know if it's a mission because people say it's a mission, like you you're right, it is a mission, yet it it's not even a mission outside of myself, it's who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, when you talk about feminine power, that's, that's like my superpower. That's Mm -hmm. my feminine superpower is, is to, and and I ask this a lot of my students and my clients or when we do retreats, you know, what's your, what's your superpower? And as women, we have just been gifted a superpower that most women are not aware of. That's why I love your topic and I love what you stand for and what you speak about to bring, to bring the unveiling before the awareness. And I think there needs to be a lot of un- unveiling of myths and, and um, awakening to certain things that are already inside of us. We don't have to go out and find them. They're there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So very true. We just need mm-hmm. to learn to tap into that and really open up to hearing the messages mm-hmm. coming through. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, we've already really started to dive into the topics of our conversation already, <laughs> but I would love for you to expand a little bit more around what does sacred feminine power mean to you personally? Well, I think it's a it's such a huge, vast topic, you know, sacred feminine power. Like if you think about the fact that we grow up as little girls, or I grew up as a little girl, a brown little Jewish girl in Germany. Mm. And my mother was very feminine, you know, and, and I'm, I'm going that far back because I believe that as women, um, our belief system and, and the scaffolding upon which we emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, and humanistically stand is, is a scaffolding that was built by the generations that came before us. Mm-hmm. You know, I, this, 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 at least this is how I saw it for many years. And I saw, you know, I took a little piece of this and I took a little piece of that. And I had aunties who would, um, make spells against the evil eye and we were pouring salt on one another's heads and saying prayers 
that was sacred. That was feminine. Men didn't do that, you know? Hmm. So the diversity of, of sacred femininity that I was and am exposed to through which then I created my own rituals and understanding and abilities came from the tapestry of cultures that, that I grew up in. You know, I mean, it's like I, I dream in five languages. So whether you're speaking Italian or speaking Farsi or you're, you're having a conversation in German or French, it's very you bring a different culture. So for me, when you ask that question, it's a very broad and wide topic that is very diverse. So sacred feminine power in the world that I am now at the age that I am, you know, with adult child and two grandchildren, and I'm watching my mother mature. It's the coming home to who I am as a woman. Not as a woman trying to live in a male world, not as a woman trying to defend herself in a male world, just as a woman, as a beautiful, powerful, intelligent woman who does what she does best. <laughs> and, and that's really hard for a lot of people to comprehend. Mm. And here, mm. and I think I I think I'm I'm starting to understand why we've all done it and why we almost probably still will do it is because we see ourselves through the lens of society. You know, Joan Rivers, when she became older, she said, you know, I really don't care anymore. I just don't care anymore. And for me, it's not that I don't care. For me, it's that what comes from within me is more important than the circumstances around me. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Every single word. So the the you know we go through our childhood and then we do this because mommy's going to be happy or we do this because daddy's going to have a smile on his face and then we go get older and we go into school and we want our kindergarten teacher to like us uh, and then we want our friends to like us. I mean a lot of it a lot of our lives is spent in the learning aspect of well how do I need to be in order to survive? How do I need to be it's not that we teach our children, you know, you are the most precious and beautiful sacred human being that there ever was because there's only one of you because everyone else is taken. We don't do that. Mm -hmm. And I think for little girls, sacred femininity begins in, I'm beautiful exactly the way I am and exactly the way I'm not. Mm -hmm meaning beautiful as in not, not just the physical aspect, because I believe that physical beauty often stems from the tapestry of joy and love and tenderness and care and compassion. And then it shows up in your eyes and then people go, oh my God, you look so beautiful. You know? Mm -hmm. So sacred femininity to me in this day and age is a coming home to who I am as a woman to who I am in this space of being authentic to who I am. Does that make sense? Like the, mm -hmm. the, the, this is what I'm here to do. This is what I know is right. Right, true, beautiful, compassionate, and for the sake of the greater good. Hmm. Beautiful. And, I love and everything. Every woman, yeah. 
<laughs> sorry. sorry, and just the addendum. And every woman has it in a different way. You know, sacred femininity doesn't have the same face in the whole world. There's 7 billion of us, let's say 3 billion are, or, or 2 billion are women. There's all the diversity of sacred femininity in every single woman. And to put it, to put even a bigger exclamation mark on it, we are different in our sacred femininity depending on what the circumstances call for. Mm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, you're really hitting the nail on the head in, in so many ways there, Liana. And I love how you're approaching the topic as well. And what really resonated with me was, was you saying, coming home to who I am as a woman. Mm-hmm. And that is such a powerful, potent, beautiful journey for all of us to, to really reflect on and take, if we are not already on that path, to really start taking the first steps so that we can truly shine our light as we are meant to be shining our light. It's really yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I, I I love this whole your whole concept of this podcast and what you're standing for and how you do it. You know, I mean, there are so many blessings in the world that we bring in every single moment of being a woman. Mm. And that begins by being a girl, you know? And we were raised by women. And in my case, or the history that I come from, there were many women who didn't believe in raising strong and powerful women. They wanted to raise meek girls who become weak women. Hmm. And so I'm, I wasn't one of them. <laughs> Just in case you hadn't gotten that, you know, there was, like, I don't know. That's not happening. I'm going to go sit with my father and the guys who are talking about all kinds of interesting things. I don't want to sit in the room with women who are talking about nail polish and hairdo. Hmm. Even though they might have thought that that was very feminine. Hmm. You know, when, when we're having this conversation, you know, what comes to my mind, the greatest courtesans of the world, especially in in Florence, you know, in just around the Inquisition, the greatest, these greatest feminine, deliciously beautiful, intelligent women, but they were the only ones who were allowed to read. Mm. They were the only ones who had access to libraries. And they were the ones, they were the power behind the men who were making the decisions and the choices because those men didn't l- listen to their wives because they were meek and weak. They listened to these incredibly powerful courtesans who were allowed to open their mouth because they were educated and spoke five, six, 10 languages. And even that is a juxtaposition and a, and a living inside the tension of the paradox of being a woman throughout the ages, you know, how certain women were allowed certain things and others weren't. So when I say coming home, I literally mean go fishing inside yourself and find the still quiet voice of source because that's most probably going to be the loudest when you speak it out loud. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I love that as well. Beautiful. 
Now, Liana, I would love to hear a little bit more about your own journey and would love it if you could share a challenge that you have faced on your path that's really helped you to activate sacred feminine power within you. Oh, God, there's so many. Um, well, as I, as I mentioned, I was raised in a Persian Jewish family in Germany. And being a Persian Jewish girl, being the oldest of three, um, and having a mother, we are all, we're like four, gen, we, I now have four generations. My mother is 81, I am 63, my daughter is 45, and my granddaughter is 17. Hmm. So we have this generational thing between my mother and my daughter that's eight, we're all 18 years apart. Right. And this, but this, the, the only reason why I'm sharing this is because on my path when I was younger, <coughs> I didn't really, as a young, I'm going to call myself a stallion because that, that's <laughs> mostly what, yeah, I know this, this is really no good way to say it, but that's the only way that is coming up right now. Sure. As a young female stallion, let's call it that, dark and passionate, you know, and, and I, I was defiant. I was defiant and my defiance was a survival mechanism. I was a tomboy. I wanted to box and ride horses and none of that was acceptable in my community, in my society and in my family. And so my feminine path was always butting up against, I love being a girl. And yet if I'm going to be a girl and I have all these, I knew that I had feminine, meaning what the world today calls feminine power, like, you know, the power of seduction with words, the power of my voice, the power of my intelligence, the power of my reasoning. As a young girl, I remember setting adult men checkmate with my reasoning. And then I would get this look from my mother that, why did you do that? You're not supposed to do that. And so what's interesting, and the reason why I'm sharing this is because we want girls to be empowered, or we say we want them to be empowered, yet when they are, it's kind of scary, like witches used to be, you know, witches mm -hmm. were burned at the stake because they were just too powerful and too, too magnetic and too exciting. And so understanding that all of those facets were a part of who I am and, and they weren't wrong, they were just different. And they didn't fit into the mold of the society that I was born into. They, they were still a part of me. And what we do, we abdicate those parts. My, um, the beautiful... Um, my God, why can I not remember? Debbie Ford. Debbie Ford mm -hmm. wrote a beautiful book called The Dark Side of the Light Chasers, yes. in which she talks, you, I'm sure you've read this book, where she talks about, you know, we abdicate parts of ourselves and lock off the doors of our castle because somebody didn't like the red velvet powder room and the other person didn't like the pink painted kitchen and the other person didn't like the, the purple throne that was sitting 
in your bathroom that had a toilet built into it, you know, like those things about ourselves, meaning the castle is who we are. We abdicate those parts because someone didn't like it. Mm. And I think that my path of sacred femininity was born through the burning of those crucibles where I had to go full circle. And when I say come back home, right? When I say that, it's because who we are has always been inside of us. We just chose to veil it. We chose to give it away. We chose to give the power away to somebody else because someone said, someone out there one time said, well, you can't do that. What makes you think you can do that? What makes you think you can say that? What makes you think? And so if there was anything that I could say to, to women out there or men, you know, it's look at the brilliance that comes through inside of a tsunami or what you might perceive as a tsunami. Because a field that doesn't get toiled will not produce amazing fruit or vegetables. You know, perfection is always preceded by chaos. Hmm. And for me, that was a lot of it, you know, and, and I'm just grateful. I don't know why this happened, but I'm grateful that at some point in my life, I had an, a huge emotional breakdown that happened through a relationship that happened through being able to access my pain because I, I've never done drugs or alcohol. I, you know, I didn't have any addictions yet. My pain was very, very palpable. So when you say, how did I get there? A lot of it was through difficulty. A lot of it was through sitting, sitting with those questions and saying to myself, well, is this really true? Does, do I really need to look at that? Do I really need to comply with that? So it's a path, you know, it's a journey and it's, I'm still evolving. I hope and, and pray that I will be until the day I leave this earth again. And, and I say again, because I was, um, I died in 1992. I flatlined on an operating table. And for me, that was another turning point of, of, coming closer even to coming home because the realization that life can be over in a heartbeat. And I don't know if I'm going to have another chance to express who I am tomorrow. Like I'm in this conversation with you right now, Emmy, and it, it is very palpable to me that this is all there is this moment. Hmm. And so if we take that as a foundation of living that this moment is all we've got, then wouldn't it behoove us all to be supremely authentic to who we are and live life from the come from of the inside of who we are? Meaning, no, I don't really, I don't think I'm going to do that rather than have it be like a huge reaction, but to just come home, take a breath and say, well, I'm just going to sit with that for a moment. Hmm. So <laughs> <laughs> I've got this huge smile on my face. I know you can't see me, but I'm just sitting here listening to you captivated and taking it, taking it all in. That's really, really beautiful, Liana. Thank you. I, I would really love to hear more about how you are bringing this 
this well maybe rebellious might not be the right word but that's the word that's coming to me right now no, that's it yeah, no, no, no. Is, is I agree. Okay, sure. <laughs> so, so how is this rebellious little girl and her spirit that continues throughout your life on your path? How is she coming through in the work that you do now, as as the president and founder of Image Therapists International and and the style work that you do? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think that. And I, I, I am not saying this because I'm saying it. So the reflection from other people who, some people who know me very, very well and other people who are just walking into my life and see this anew, the reflection has been, one of my clients said it really beautifully. She said she was in inside of a, like a, like a little event that I was, was doing and she came and she stood at the door and she was she was tepid and she was afraid and then she came closer and I called her up on stage and so there was this little dance of interaction and what what happens with me just in case you hadn't noticed is I don't do shallow hmm. never which is hard for a lot of people like if you are in my world and you're part of my life's conversation you will notice that shallow is not not my thing, even on a daily basis, which is which is hard on on people who are with me. Like sometimes I have to dial it back. I have to say, you know, there are just people who I can't go that deep with. But when I'm working, and this is the distinction that I want to make, because you said, how do I bring this to the world through Image Therapists International? I believe that we are all masterpieces exactly the way we are. And whatever's here in this moment is the gift because, because the portal to the future does not live somewhere out there. It lives inside of me in this moment as I open my mouth and share and speak and feel and connect. And most of the world, I venture to say, and forgive me if, if this is too much of a blanket statement, but this has been my experience. Most of the world is asleep to who they are. For sure. They're asleep in this moment. So I become this thorn in people's sides. That's who I become for them. I become the person that's nudging and pushing. And, and so people call me, this is what this lady said once she came up on stage. She's like, you know, you are so fierce. And then she said, and then she tilted her head and and looked down and put her head on her, her hand on my hand. And she said, but you are so loving at the same time. And that, Emmy, you know, when I was talking about we all have gifts and we all have superpowers, our superpower as women is that we are vulnerable and we are centurions at the same time hmm. that's who we are and living inside the tension of that paradox because the paradox is so huge right people see strong women or they see accommodating women and they don't see the other side of who they are hmm. 
And so my vision and, and my passion and what I stand for and what I believe in is to have each woman and man, okay, because this isn't just happening to women, this is also happening to men, especially in America, mm. come home to who they are and access their vulnerability and their victory at the same time. That it's not either or, it's always both and, always. And we don't set the ground rules for our lives. We allow society or other people to set the ground rules. Like when you come into my space, I can assure you that you will feel loved because that's who I am. Now, that doesn't show up as coddling, never, ever coddling. It shows up, I'm a boulder that's going to get up under you. And sometimes it's going to feel like a G-string and you're not going to like it. (laughs) (laughs) And I really don't care if you like it or not, because my mission and my vision and my commitment to source when I died was to come back and to support people and being who they are. So if I am here as a stand to, to take the title of my next book, for you to put down your armor and pick up your wings, that's the title of my next book. Hmm. If I want you to put down your armor and pick up your wings, that's not going to happen by me stroking a feather down the side of your cheek. When your belief system or someone's beliefs, even my own belief systems have ossified over the years to be such strong wooden armor around my heart, something needs to crack that. And that is not going to happen by, oh, yeah, well, I'm so sorry that happened to you. It's like image therapy is the process and the PhD in design of who you are and who you are is sitting in the left and the right ventricle of your heart. And if your heart is guarded and armored, no game. Hmm. See the fierceness, it comes mm-hmm. out. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But that is that is really the essence of, of the great mother, of, of the divine feminine, fierce and gentle and loving all at the same mm-hmm. time and ready to stand on the barricades and protect and also ready to embrace and hold unconditionally loving. So you, you're really just embracing all of that so beautifully, being that. Yeah. And when, you know, when you ask me, how do, how do we do this? All, all I can say to you is on the, I'm tomorrow, I'm going to be teaching a workshop with my friend, Jack Rafferty for two days. And the workshop is titled born to love. Mm. That's who we are. I mean, and, and the world gives us so much crap and then we take the crap and we put it on our head and we walk around with it and we think that's who we are. It's not who we are. Go take a bath, go take a shower, start your next day anew. <laughs> well, or even the next say, moment. Or the next moment. moment. Yes. God bless you. Yes. But here's what we do is we drag the past from 5,000 years ago. This is me saying this as a good Jewish girl, 5,700, whatever we are right now. And we bring it into this moment and then we give it permission and we invite it to fuck up our future. 
I'm sorry. Can I use that word in your, on your okay. podcast? That's okay. Sorry about that. We allow it. You can edit it out. We allow it to mess up our future. Why? Because we think that those are the building blocks for our future. No, they are the puzzle pieces that can inform our future. Okay. I'm not saying you should be in denial about your past. No, look at it. As the, as the Course in Miracles says, gaze upon the crucifixion, but net, let it not rule your life. Mm. Yeah. So the crucifixion in this sense, in the metaphysical sense, is our past. We go back and we mull it over <clears throat> and we bathe in it and we're sorrowful about it. I'm like, you know what? Where is it? It's not here. It's not sitting on your computer or in your lap or in your right pocket. It's over. It's gone. It's in the past. So leave it there. You can have it emotionally, spiritually, psychologically inform you, right? But if you want to create, and if you want to create a new future, you may want to start it from nothing. Mm. And that's so hard because nothing means going inward, seeing what your tools and your blessings and your joy and your beauty and your tears are and crafting the tapestry of your future from exactly that, who you are in this moment and then the next moment and then the next moment. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful yeah and busting those terror barriers and fears along the way as you do that yeah and you know what fear is part of it mm. look we're human you just saw me on video did you see any wings on my back no <laughs> oh i did actually <laughs> <laughs> no wings no halo okay no wings no halo the halo that i do have is the halo of love one in each eye Mm. One halo is for you and one halo is for me. Every time I look at another human being, I give them one of my halos because one belongs to them. Mm. I love that. I believe we have two eyes because one looks outward and one looks inward. Mm. That's a lovely way to look at it. Absolutely. I haven't heard that before. Thank you. Because I I created it. Ah. Don't say it a lot. <laughs> too mystical and metaphysical, and people go, wow, that's so creepy. I'm like, <laughs> no, it's not creepy. It's because we are, you know, the the, the mythical tale of we all had um, two wings and then we got torn apart, and then we're always looking for the other angel so we can connect our wings and fly. Do you know that mythical tale? Mm-hmm. So, I believe that I really believe that we have two eyes and each eye has a halo. And so I say that because people look at each other, but they don't see one another. Mm. They don't take a moment to reflect onto themselves so that they can be clean and clear with love and compassion when they come to a conversation with another human being. And so seeing and then listening, by the way, this is a whole other sacred level of feminine power, is 
women in Judaism don't have um, a mandate to pray. Did you know that, Amy? No, no, I didn't. Women in Judaism don't have a mandate to pray because they're closer to divine source. Mm. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. And they're closer to divine source because we give life to this world. We are mm. the vessels of, of life, okay? So it is in our DNA and in, in the construct of who we are as a feminine, empowered woman that we need to be paying attention to a baby's cry to two doors down. We need to intuit when our child is hungry before the child knows it's hungry. So we have systems built inside of us that are much closer to divine knowing. Men aren't constructed that way. They're constructed to keep us safe. Their reptilian brains is to protect, provide, and procreate. You know, we have a very different construct. And I'm not even talking metaphysically. I'm just talking scientifically and biologically. Hmm. You know, our hippocampuses in our brain are, are twice the size of men because our left and right brain needs to constantly be having a conversation in order for us to, to be able to see peripherally, listen peripherally, act peripherally. You know, we're not center focused as women. Hmm. And in Judaism and in Kabbalah, one of the things that shows up is that that in itself is, is an all, all overview, you know, like divinity has that to be able to access many planes and many people at the same time, mm. <laughs> which is, which is part of our divine sacred feminine, I believe. For sure. Yeah. Wow, thank you so much. I mean, I, I just love listening to you, Liana, and I could talk to you for hours <laughs> hearing your wisdom. We will do this again, Emmy. Oh, I'm in. I'm in, definitely. Yeah, well, well, you know what would be really fun is, is to have a conversation, and I don't know if this is part of what you do or not, but to have a conversation, like for people to bring questions and, and to like give them a different point of view you know, or what's possible, because I think we all get so stuck in our own way, including me, that when there is a conversation happening or a salon, you know, where people actually bring, which is what I do in real life, I bring people in and we, we bring a question or we bring a situation, which is Kabbalistically a really interesting way of looking at the world, because in Kabbalah, it says in, in the writings or teachings, it says how what is my experience the answer to? So what is the question that the experience that I'm having right now is the answer to? Uh -huh. And when you ask it that way, or when you look at it from the other side of it, it's like looking at it from another side of the funnel. So my path has been a lot of that, you know, especially when I'm sitting in the middle of some horrific pain and the feelings are just overwhelming. I say, wow, I wonder what this experience is the answer to. Mm. Yeah, that is such a beautiful reframe and, and a really great way of, of approaching things, especially those challenging times that um, I think we're all being presented with, I think increasingly at the moment with all the transitions that we're 
going through as humanity, as a collective, and lots of people waking up, as you said earlier. We are, we are. I hope I answered your questions. Oh, you absolutely did, Liana, absolutely. And my, my final question is, if our listeners wanted to find out more about you and work with you, how, where would they go? Um, they would go to betheoffer.com. I think that, it, it, did we give you a, a, a special link, Emmy? Yes, we got that. So I'll, I'll include that in the show notes. Would you, yes. Would you please, because um, I, I don't have it in front of me. Do you have it? Um, it does it have an extension on there? Um, Maybe. It's, it just simply says betheoffer.com. That's it. That's it. That's the one. Um, B-E. T-H-E-O-F-F-E-R.com. And the reason for that URL is because I believe that as humanity, we don't make the offer. It is when we are being the offer onto the world that we get to open up possibility. Mm. Don't make the offer, be the offer. So that's why my URL is be the offer.com. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. And, and what is yeah. it that you are gifting to our listeners? You are going to receive a fantastic video series that has actually to do with who you are being in the world, how you show up. And it's, it's, people think that it's all about clothes when I talk about this work and, and about part of my work, but the truth is it's who you are being in your masterpiece, the coloring, the body structure, the sound of your voice, because you bring up wherever you go, there you are. And that, that is what comes with you. So when you have access to who you are being in every part of your life, that's where the knowledge lies. And I think that the bridge happens to be that people think of themselves outside of themselves. They don't think of themselves as being the offer. And if in order for you to be the offer, you want to understand the construct of your own body. You want to know what kind of an impact you have when you walk into a room. And this is the foundational you know, it's like, it's like the beckoning of come look at who you are. It's fantastic. It's really, people have already learned so much from just these five, six videos. So enjoy them. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. And I'm, I'm going to be watching them myself for sure. Thank you so much. Thank well, you. Yeah, Liana, thank you. You've shared so much wisdom and so many golden nuggets in this short amount of time. So I really, really appreciate Appreciate having you on the show and thank you for being who you are. Thank you for who you are becoming and all the gifts that you're sharing with the world. Thank you, my dear. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. And thank you for letting me share my heart and my love and all the things that we just talked about. It's been delightful. Thank you. Mm, thank you. Now, just for a moment, let's focus our intention and our awareness on this, this powerful, inspiring energy that's been activated. And imagine sending this energy to everybody and everything on our planet to remember that we are all one and that the more of us have the courage to step into our sacred feminine power, the more quickly our planet will also ascend and heal. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>